Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. See? Senior. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey, y'all. Today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Not the debt limit. Oh, geez. It's okay. a rarely seen negative general manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, the U.S. default on it. That. Not the debt limit. Oh, my gosh. The worst of clickbait. It's, yeah. it's worse than a huge breasted woman trying to sell me car insurance on some click. It's just... Naked. It's egregious. It's shameless. Yeah, I like the clickbait that's like, um, and they put, you know, sponsored or ad or whatever in tiny print, hoping you'll think sure. it's a news story or whatever, and it'll have some super crazy hot chick that looks ridiculous, like a stripper. Local teacher in trouble for what she says, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> whatever. What? T-shirt a- fails that'll knock your socks off. Well, that's a local teacher at my school? I need to see that. Oh, just uh, as a responsible parent. <laughs> Uh, I didn't win the Nobel Prize in science either. I didn't win it in physics yesterday. Oh, so sorry. With that in whole, spite of all your efforts. I got that whole thing where I set up the dominoes and knock it down. I didn't but. win that. <laughs> and then the science, I got a couple of beakers and a little piece of that litmus paper. Yeah, I boiled some water and put some spaghetti in it and wrote up a paper on how it got soft and yummy. <laughs> overlooked. Cruelly overlooked. <laughs> Uh, but I noticed that the uh, the people that won the Nobel Prize in Science, it had some, what was the thing? Because yesterday, the physics prize winners, they uh, spent some time working on climate change, don't you know? And the uh, science, uh, the chemistry winners today, um, they have helped lessen chemistry's environmental impact. So the Nobel Prize is, everything's towards some sort of making the world a better place thing. Mm. All right, well... Uh... I mean, I'm in favor of the world being a better place. Yeah. No, that's not the way it used to be, though. So, yeah. Right. Um, uh, speaking of that sort of thing, I just heard this on the news, so it popped into my head. Uh, um, a new study that says the old study on how much wine you can drink safely is wrong. Oh, boy. And uh, and it reminds me, and I know we've had this stat. I don't remember what it is, but it's like half or three quarters or 90%. It's a ridiculously high number of studies can't be replicated. Ah, yeah. Like the vast majority of studies that you hear about can't be replicated. Right. And if you're not into science, that means they do the study again and get a wildly different result. Yeah, which means that they either did a crappy job or they just kind of made it up because, you know, something about the environment or how much you're allowed to drink or what is kids learning or whatever is all excited and the news reports it but it can't be replicated at all and it gets reported without anybody saying hey has anybody ever been able to replicate that nope no, doesn't no make nobody cares yeah back to the theme of uh, clickbait by the way had an impromptu pizza night last night uh, at the house and uh, with some friends over and i'm quite certain we exceeded that limit whatever it was oh really yeah it was a hoot it was a heck of a tuesday night it was a hoot yeah I haven't had a heck of a Tuesday night in uh, quite some time. A Tuesday yeah. night. Of course, I haven't had a heck of a Saturday night in uh, many, many years. So, 
Well, right, right. Well, in the fashion of uh, aging people, our, our hoot began at about 5.45 p.m. <laughs> right, there you go. And was over by 8. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the Denny's early bird special of partying. So I guess it's a bit of a public service thing that we can do here. I think if you listen to us regularly, you already know this, but if you're just the sort of person cruising around uh, talk radio or whatever and trying to get information... The whole default on our debt, debt limit thing, is completely bogus. They always raise it. The party out of power always votes against it and acts like, and the other side always acts like they're bad Americans. This happens every time, including with, as we pointed out yesterday, including with Joe Biden himself. He's voted against raising the debt ceiling a half, a, a handful of times when he was in the other party. Mm-hmm. And was trying to force the majority to raise the debt debt ceiling with the idea that they'll be blamed or something like that. Um, so it's just completely made up. Yeah, the party in power has one statement. The party out of power, another statement. When they switch who has power, they have their aides run their statements to the opposite offices to use. And then just trade them back and forth every couple of years. It's delightful. And the rhetoric around it is so hot. I mean, they, they, they say just unbelievable things. Now, Charles Schumer said yesterday, maybe you don't want to do the right thing, but just get the hell out of the way and let us do it. Oh, God. (laughs) And the secretary of the Treasury, Yellen, called up Mitch McConnell on the phone to explain him the dire consequences of if we didn't pay our bills. Yeah, it would be horrible. That's why we've never done it. It would be horrible. And we're not going to do it this time. And you know it. It's all just posturing for the next election cycle. Yeah. And, and you know, you get fooled the first, like, three, four times. But, <laughs> you know, you, you get a little gray around the temples. You start to your uh, Tuesday night parties at 545, and you start to realize, oh, this is the same crap that I've seen half a dozen times before. Now, the only uh, the significant part of the, the latest wrangling, and I'm not sure how seriously to take it, is our senile uh, great-grandpa pre- president has said that there's a real possibility this ends the filibuster, mm. this go-around. And I find Use myself... Use it as an excuse to end the filibuster. Now, that is significant. Right. And I found myself wondering, I wonder if some of these just grandiose communist schemes, like the $3.5 trillion that Bernie wants to be $6 trillion just uh, turn America into France thing, is that just an excuse to end the filibuster? So that you can say, look, they won't go along with anything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just, if, if you, if you like the idea of the U.S. lurching wildly between two political extremes, two extremes of governance every two to four years, well, vote to end the filibuster. That'll be big fun. Your taxes are now 60%. Your taxes are now 20%. Now they're 80%. You know, just for instance. <laughs> 80% for four years. Vote that guy out. Another 20% for four years. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Um, we better officially start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday hump day, October 6th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. The show starts at Mark. When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the Merrill and Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Granddad, would you like to sit down? I think we need to call Dr. Jones. Granddad sounds terrible. Uh, Yeah, plus the reality of those electric charging stations, which I've learned something about since I got a Tesla. But anyway, we can talk about that more later. 
Michael, um, play that again. When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. Right here, okay, what's that? Charm of True international average of pressure. Uh, so we got lots to get to. As always, uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's it's decent. Uh, you know, I got to whip it into shape. That's probably a term that they wouldn't let me use at Brandeis. By the way. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. That is just not okay at all. Well, am I allowed to whip cream? Or do I have just, uh, just pour cream on top of a cake, for instance? Just douse it. All right, can I whip it? Um, the CIA is losing hundreds of informants around the world, which is a pretty interesting story I want to talk to about at some point. Well, and, and losing, not like you lose a quarter, you know, in the couch cushion. Right. Yeah, exactly. The big lose. Uh, did we finally see the first cracking of this whole NFT charade? Um, yesterday. So, uh, that and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way. Hope you can stay with us. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, yo, yo. So uh, we talked about how uh, the number of people uh, murdered went up 30% in one year. Biggest rise since they've been keeping stats. Yep. Shocking. Yeah. Got some more info on that. that how that's not more of a conversation, I don't know. Just, oh, just a major change in the way society structure. Just... Double the biggest jump in uh, killings ever in our nation's history. So nothing to nothing to talk about here. Let's talk about the debt ceiling. Or yeah, if I heard about that uh, in another culture, I'd assume that there was some sort of ethnic warfare oh, going yeah. on, or, or something. Or like certainly that. something something was a, coming off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. Continuing our series from Marcus Tullius Cicero, the Roman statesman. I'm very excited about next week, by the way. I've come up with a really good idea for the freedom-loving quotes of the day. So, Polly Shore, think about this. <laughs> you gave it away. You gave it away. Damn it. Marcus Tullius Cicero said, I have always been of the opinion that unpopularity earned by doing what is right is not unpopularity at all, but glory. Ooh. Think about it. Of course, that's a, got a bit of a with God on my side thing because lots of people think they're doing right when they blow up buildings or this or that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't finish the quote. Unless you're a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Says me, Cicero. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Says old cis man. <laughs> the Sissa man. Here's your mailbag. Come on now. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Al writes, in 2011, you guys relayed a joke about the lottery that I just love. I remember exactly was when I heard it, where I heard it, when I heard it. Man comes home, asks his wife, what would you do if I told you I won the lottery? The wife says, I'd take half and leave you. The husband says, good, I won 12 bucks. Here's your six. <laughs> Jeez. 
Considering where I was in my marriage at the time, the joke hit home. Oh, boy. Thank you, Al, for that (laughs) cheery reminder of 2011. Thank you for listening. Ten years ago. Good Lord. Good times, 2011. Uh, We got a lot of emails about this, so I thought I'd go ahead and toss it in. Uh, Tom writes, now listen, boys. Listen carefully to that 60 Minutes interview for what issues Frances Haugen focused on, spent most of her speaking time on. Fake news and misinformation, which was only related to conservative movements and specifically the insurgency on January the 6th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a well-known lefty. That's absolutely right. The fact that Facebook, Instagram was intentionally maximizing the most damaging effects on teenage girls was barely a blip on her radar. I'll tell you what, just my own view of it, and I'm not following it closely, I think this whole conspiracy she's out to get somebody thing is way overblown. I took in a fair amount of testimony. It was almost all about kids and Instagram and and users in general getting dopamine click uh, hits from clicking on things. That's all I heard. And honestly, if some lefty chick is overboard about, you know, thinks Trump's the new Hitler, I don't care. I've heard that a thousand times. It'll be fine. But She's bringing some really important stuff to light. Now, I've got some stuff from Reason Magazine that Tim Sandifer retweeted yesterday about how, because libertarians are really worried that about government regulating these things, and I am too. And uh, so I'm not saying that, I'm trying to justify the regulation. I just think she sees everything I saw her point out yesterday is clearly true. We've known it for a very long time, and the Facebook people have just been lying about it. Right. And about how it's an addiction, and they know it makes people's lives worse, and it makes people depressed, and makes kids kill themselves. That stuff's all true. Right, right. So, yeah, it's important. And don't get caught up in the whole tribal thing. My goodness. Um... Oh, you know, this is entirely visual, sent along by uh, Christopher, but he said, you guys are going to love this. I retweeted it. They're parodies of the images being used to promote the Beijing Olympics by the communist Chinese. And in one, here's the uh, curling guy, and they're like elegantly stylized athletes wearing the Chinese uniform. The curling guy is shoving the coronavirus vaccine across the ice, which I love. Here's the uh, figure skater. Oh, he's slashing apart the flag of Taiwan with his blades. Here's the uh, Chinese hockey player viciously spearing a Tibetan monk. And finally, uh, the, the, the biathlete with the, the skis and the rifle shooting a Uyghur who's kneeling blindfolded. Whoa. Uh, it's good. It's good. Brutal uh, political satire. I say well done. Um, and I again, retweeted it if you want to follow us on the Twitter. I still say there's no freaking way we can participate in the Chinese Olympics here in just a couple of months. You child. But I'm not hearing any, any talk about boycotting. What's stronger? Our corporations need to make profit in China or our conscience? I think it'll just be too uncomfortable. I mean, the news, the news flow this week. China flying all those fighter jets and bombers over Taiwan that we have vowed over and over again to protect. I mean, you you can't have that sort of thing going on. Not to mention the million slaves that they're raping and killing. Right, right. They have actual slaves picking cotton now. China is asshole! Today. But I suggest you get back. Go get past, rather. You're childlike. They can't do that. And understand that they are going to do that and what it means. Wake up. <laughs> you got to lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. Hmm. That's funny, Michael. I thought you were going to go with you child. <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah, that's going to be brutally uncomfortable. What's going to be said? What are the corporate suck-ups on, is it NBC? What are they going to say? They're just going to pretend it's not going on. Uh, moving along, speaking of uh, the woke crowd and the cancellation of the eminent scientist who was going to give the speech at MIT, they canceled him because the woke crowd said he's not woke enough. I went to MIT and UC Berkeley, right? So I'll just keep them anonymous. And you listen to us. That's awesome. I used to donate to the Bears club hockey team, but at this point, neither school is ever getting an effing dime from me again. Uh, MIT's alumni magazine went woke about eight years ago, and now it just sucks. Wow. And our scientific institutions. Yeah. Yeah. Our scientific institutions are banning scientists who don't tow the woke company line. Unbelievable. And then uh, Al writes, how many conservatives have you met who played left wing for UC Berkeley? Which he did. That's funny, Al. Appreciate the note. Gives himself a ha 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 ha. And it is funny. (laughs) Gives himself the ha 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and then finally, this is uh, 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 Curtin San Jose. Um, I think Facebook lied about their card access failure that their employees couldn't get in. They were covering up something else they were doing. The idea that their card access system locked everyone out due to a network problem is BS. I've worked on card access systems for a living for over 35 years, and every single system I know would still work if the network went down. Looks like Facebook panicked after the whistleblower and intentionally locked everyone out except a chosen few so they could do something in their servers or something else without anyone seeing what's going on. Yeah, that is really interesting. This Good is call, obvious. This is clearly the worst week ever for Facebook. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, this is exciting. Last night in California, there was a single winner of the $700 million Powerball lottery. But before they picked the numbers, a local news station in Louisiana went around asking people what they'd do if they won. Listen to what this one guy said. Now, James, you bought your ticket. What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a, a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine. And I'll be good to go. So you like cars. You like cars. <laughs> It's only October, but I think that guy wins local news interview of the year already. He watches every lottery drawing like, come on, eight ball. Give me an eight ball! (laughs) Well, and then how do you not comment on the the newsreader chick who says, oh, so you like cars, do you? That's what you took away from that statement? (laughs) She just is is a cute little halfwit. Who thought, well, I can't mention cocaine, good Lord. Uh, so you like cars. You like cars, she repeats. <laughs> Five kilos, that seems like a lot of cocaine. What are your plans, I would say? <laughs> just, that gets just, you like 20 years. Aren't you afraid of the authorities? <laughs> um, I wasn't going to talk about COVID, and I'm not really going to talk. I just want to mention this. Nationwide, it's down 24% over your rolling two-week average. Well, because of the use of lockdowns and masking, of course, school's out of session now and blah, blah, blah. blah. Everything you've read, practically everything you've read out of the lame stream media has been fictional. So you got these uh, giant bills that uh, most of the people I respect think they're going to pass, both of them. No. Not the, come on. Not at three and a half trillion, but probably somewhere around two trillion. 
which adds up to three and a half trillion total, added on to the six trillion we've already spent. And those numbers are full of accounting tricks and are truthfully much larger. But anyway, one of the things that's still in one of those bills is this whole uh, reporting all transactions over $600. Are you following this? Let me read a little of this for you. And yesterday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen defended that. The Secretary uh, of the Treasury is defending... The Biden administration proposal that would require banks to report data to the IRS on any transaction over $600, calling the collection of information routine. After taking heat for the idea that is seen as an unprecedented invasion of privacy in our nation's history, because it is. During an interview on CNBC's Squawk Box yesterday, Yellen was pressed on whether the IRS has the wherewithal to collect more information about taxpayers and bank accounts, including cash flows, uh, something that lots of Republicans are against. And I would think liberals would be against it because it used to be for freedom and uh, uh, the, the not government anymore. not spying on you. But right now on every bank account that earns more than $10 a year of interest, the banks report the interest earned to the IRS. That's part of the information. This is just another step down that road. I'm not sure I see those as the same thing. Every transaction gets reported above $600. That's wildly different. Yellen cited the enormous tax gap in the U.S. as the reason behind the proposed um, information gathering. And there's no doubt there's a whole bunch of taxes that don't get paid every single year. Um, there's no doubt about that. But so the government gets to spy on us because of that. So it's not reporting of transactions or anything the like, she said, stating the opposite of what it is. It'd be a simple thing for banks and other payment providers to provide along with the other information they're already providing. Under the proposal, listen to this, banks would be required to turn over inflow and outflow numbers annually to the IRS and would cover bank accounts with at least $600 or at least $600 worth of transactions, which would be really anyone alive. Any bank with less than $600 or $600 worth of transactions in a year, that person died years ago and nobody closed their account. (laughs) Right, right. Wow, and I'm just thinking about the compliance costs for banks. I mean, because that, as you point out, is pretty much every single account. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. The the, um, onus you're putting on a private institution and the cost that would be involved in that. The proposal has been slammed by Republicans as an invasion of privacy. Last week, Senator Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming slammed the Treasury Secretary during a Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Development Committee hearing. Why we didn't hear this? Because we don't pay attention to real news. We pay attention to stupid news, like the debt ceiling. This didn't make the news. Um, asking uh, the, the Treasury Secretary if she was aware of how unnecessary this regulatory burden is. Do you distrust the American people so much that you need to know when they bought a couch or a cow, the Republican senator said? There are obvious privacy concerns for all Americans here, and this represents a dramatic new regulatory burden for community banks and credit unions, as Joe just pointed out, and I hadn't even thought of. But if this goes through, you have no financial freedom at that point. Or a lot of us are going to start doing things in cash just because... You know what they're going to push for also is... um, Because this already happens on a number of websites that I used to use to buy used stuff. I believe... If somebody in Nevada wants to sell me a used something or other and I want to buy it from them, it's nobody's business and there shouldn't be any freaking tax involved at all. Amen. A private person wants to sell me their lawnmower from Nevada and I buy it. 
uh, through an online site. That's crazy that anybody should know about or I should pay tax. But currently, on a number of websites that I use, California makes me pay a 10% sales tax on buying that guy's used lawnmower. Um, and everything, I think, will go that direction if they have the ability to track any transactions over $600. Yeah, well, and the idea that every transaction must be reported to the government, including me taking out cash for a golf trip or whatever, is just, it's its so intrusive, it so flips the relationship on its head. It's, this is this is terrible. You know, I differ uh, with a lot of my uh, conservative uh, friends in that uh, there's, a, there's a movement, I guess, a mood among conservatives that the IRS should just be choked. It shouldn't be funded. Make its funding as low as possible. And I disagree with that because I've done a fair amount of reading on the super rich, the Wall Street guys, the, uh, you know, the arbitragers and the hedge fund guys who are all Democrats, by the way. They get away with uh, skating, on, uh, skating on tens of millions of dollars in taxes, just unthinkable amounts, because... Their, their finances are complicated enough. It's a longish and expensive audit to get to the bottom of what they're actually doing. And the IRS doesn't have the time and personnel for that because they don't have the funding. And so they just do the quick and easy stuff, which is middle class folks, small business people. Or even people that make quite a bit of money, but you're not in that crowd. You're not in the you've got a team of lawyers dealing with your taxes crowd. You get a big paycheck, maybe, but it's just it's all right there pretty much on a W-2. And right. they take oh, yeah. it. Ton of your money. Yeah, it's the lobbyists and the Wall Street guys that I'm talking about, who, again, are all Clintonites, you know, you, I could list their names, um, and, and they skate on all their taxes. So, anyway, just a thought. But, yeah, I just, I, the extent to which we now work for the government, and the government gets to know everything about us, is really shocking. And people are just putting up with it. Nobody cares. Like you said, nobody's paying attention to the real news. Oh, and you don't think that this information will be misused at some point? Um, oh, it'll get leaked, of course. Somebody's running for office and somebody uh, can leak out the information of how much you spend on this or that to try to uh, demonize you? Sure, sure. Or just say, you know, he takes out cash a lot, which is usually a sign of a drug habit. Or, or, I don't know, of a tax evasion and just go heavy with that. Um, by the way, kind of related, but not. Um, so that giant uh, $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill, they call it, that's getting whittled down, but is still going to be way too much. A couple of points I didn't make the other day from a great podcast I've been listening to about this. One, um, the math has been done, and you could you could take all of the money of the super the, the 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 richest people in this country and you wouldn't even make a dent in paying our bills. So for the whole we need oh, to, yeah. the rich need to pay their fair share. If you took all their money, it still wouldn't even make a dent. Um yeah, we don't have a taxation problem, we have a spending problem, which is kind of funny. But as has been pointed out, you can't tax people twice. You can only you can, you can only go there once. And if you're going to go there this time, the rich need to pay their fair share, and we're going to squeeze everybody as much as we can to pay for this three and a half trillion. How are we going to pay all those bills that we've built up? Because you can't tax people again. Just debt, more debt. We're going to finance it. Uh, the, this was uh, the the piece that Joe Manchin wrote, the senator, the Democratic senator in the Wall Street Journal a couple weeks ago. The opportunity cost. If you spend this much money on all these different things. The universal pre-K, they call it. 
and get away with it like it sounds like it's education. The free child care for everyone in America plan is what it should be called. But uh, if you decide to do that or the, the, the tree equity or any of those different things, those are a whole bunch of things now that have taken up a chunk of money and you can't do a bunch of other things. I mean, it, it does eliminate other options. Sure. Yeah. So you can't tax people twice and it squeezes out a whole bunch of other things and... No, the, 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 as even AOC pointed out, these individual parts of these giant bills aren't even being discussed. We're just talking about the, to- the top line number. Right. Well, it was like I uh, was saying yesterday, and we posted this screed as a, uh, what was it called, a mini podcast or something at armstrongandgetty.com. Government is a broker. It's a broker on, on funneling taxpayer money to someone or something. And government gets to keep a chunk like a broker does, either like a real estate broker or whatever, an agent for a Hollywood star. And so what they're doing is trying to whip up your emotions and convince you that tree equity is so important. The government needs to confiscate tax money and, and spend it on whatever the hell tree equity is. They get a chunk. They hand out the rest to their cronies. Nobody ever figures out where it goes or if it does any good, but because they whipped you up and got you to vote for their team, they get to be the broker for a while and make all this money. But people just keep buying the BS, like Jack was talking about, Chuck Schumer's faux outrage. And anybody who buys his act, I mean, he's one of the worst actors I've ever seen. And and I've seen my kids' grade school plays. Uh, So (laughs) the idea, people don't understand what politics is. There's so little of government that's about policy and giving you a better life or running the country. It's it's as H.L. Mencken put it, it's an advanced auction on stolen goods. Wake up uh, and mention quickly, because we don't talk much about sports here, because as I've noticed uh, taking in shows recently, the trouble with anything about sports, if you're into it, it's awesome. But if you're not, it has nothing for you, generally. Nope. <laughs> nope. And if you're not into a particular game or a particular team, but um, the Yankees and Red Sox played a one game playoff last night and that's a really big deal for most of the east coast anyway but i just wanted to point this out that the yankees hired a a pitcher specifically to win last night's game and games like last night's game is cole garrett that they hired Mm -hmm. um the whole reason they hired him was to win last night's game he didn't last three innings he signed a contract last year 324 million dollar contract wow to win last night and he didn't even make it out of the third inning. That's more than the lottery winner will get. Of course, you know, he'll pay a lot of that is, and, and in baseball, it's real money. It's not like the NFL. You actually oh, yeah. get that money. That is some insane money Yeah, to not last a couple innings. Oh, man. Yeah. Pitchers are like golfers or whatever. It comes and it goes. Yeah. Sometimes you're on top of the mountain. Sometimes you're rotten. Uh, what do you think of any of this? Uh, text line uh, 415-295-KFTC. want you to sit down for this. Dog, Dog the Bounty Hunter's daughter believes Dad's just doing a publicity stunt around this whole Brian Laundry thing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if you can't count on Dog the Bounty Hunter, who can you count on these days? <laughs> oh, jeez. 
<laughs> wow, you think? Anyway. <clears throat> and then what kind of relationship do you have with your daughter where that's a... Anyway. You know, the more I think about that uh, Janet Yellen story and the idea that the IRS should be notified of every transaction you make over $600, the more horrible it seems to me. I mean, number one, the, the, the basis of the Roe v. Wade decision was that uh, the Constitution doesn't explicitly state, n- nor the amendments, but it, it, it more or less makes it clear that you have a right to privacy. That's kind of an unwritten amendment, right to privacy. Unenumerated. It, it, but the, the government can peer into your accounts just because at one point you bought like a half good used guitar? Or, or as uh, the Nebraska State Treasurer puts it, you buy a refrigerator. Um, and I like this statement. Um, this could lead to a tremendous invasion of privacy, the likes of which our country has never seen. Millions of law-abiding Americans would suddenly have their bank accounts open to federal investigators for no more reason than buying a refrigerator. This is simply unconscionable. To make matters worse under this proposal, saving for college could put an American family on the IRS's radar, costs that would most likely be passed on to the public. Wow, this is just absolutely outrageous and evil. Anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and I I mentioned it the other day and never got around to it. Do you remember, do we have time for this? Yeah, I guess we do. Uh, Do you remember a year ago, Coinbase, which is a, a tech company, uh, their CEO, Brian Armstrong, put out a statement. Um, it was about a uh, difficult year, global pandemic, shelter in place, widespread protests and riots, riots, West Coast wildfires. Everyone is asking the question about how companies should engage in broader societal issues, issues during these difficult times while keeping their teams united and focused on the mission. Coinbase has had its own challenges here, including employee walkouts. I decided to share publicly how I'm addressing this in case it helps others, et cetera, et cetera. In short, I want Coinbase to be laser-focused on achieving its mission because I believe that this is the way we have the biggest impact on the world. We do this by playing as a championship team, focus on building and being transparent about what our mission is and isn't. The long story short is he's saying... Keep the politics out. You come to work to go to work. We have a mission here. You want to do that other stuff? Do it on your own time. It's none of our business, and we don't want it in our business. And, of course, that was extremely controversial. He was condemned. Well, it's been a year now. And Brian Armstrong, your your cousin, mm. uh, tweeted, It's been about a year since my mission-focused blog post. wasn't easy to go through at the time, but looking back, it turned out to be one of the most positive changes I've made at Coinbase, and I'd recommend it to others. We have a much more aligned company now where we can focus on getting work done toward our mission, and it has allowed us to hire some of the best talent from organizations where employees are fed up with politics, infighting, and distraction. Interesting. One of the biggest concerns around our stance was that it would impact our diversity num- diversity numbers. Since my post, we've grown our headcount about 110%, while our diversity numbers have remained the same or even improved on some metrics. Several people told me that this would never happen when I circulated the original draft internally. It turns out that there are people from every background who want to work at a mission-focused company. What was amazing was the contrast between the news following my post and the reaction from employees and people who spoke to me in private. Yeah, you know, this reminds me of what I'm, I, I've said many times, that uh, they believe it only takes 15% of an active population to f- pull off a revolution because you have such a giant crowd that will just go along with it just because they just don't want to get in the way or deal with it or whatever. And I'll bet that happens in a lot of workplaces. The majority of people don't want this conversation at all. 
they're mm-hmm. not going to say anything. So you get the impression that the loud people are the majority, the ones wanting to talk politics. Yeah, yeah. We we had a story a while back, and I never got to it. I wonder if Hansen can find it. I think he may have brought it to our attention anyway, our executive producer. It's a job posting board for people who don't want the woke crap. They just want to come yeah. to work. No politics, no vaccine mandates, whatever. Just come work. We'll all get along. So anyway, back to Brian Armstrong's statement. While the media reports were mostly negative. Oh, and that's the other side to that story. The 15% is a good point. Um, but the other side is the me, the impression you get from the American media of what the American people are, what this country is, is so wildly distorted. It is a funhouse mirror. So, while the media reports were mostly negative, and it even spawned some retaliatory and intellectually dishonest hit pieces, the reaction both from employees and the people I spoke to in private was overwhelmingly positive. In fact, I would say it was probably the most positive reaction I've gotten from any change I've made in the history of the company, which is saying something. How could something be so negative in the press, but turn out to be incredibly positive with every stakeholder? The only sense I can make of it is that there is a huge mismatch between people's stated and revealed preferences right now, and we're operating in an environment of virtue signaling and fear of speaking up. The biggest lesson I took away from the whole ordeal is that if you believe something is the right path, it's worth speaking up about, even if it's controversial. You will get lots of attacks online. Not everyone will agree, but ultimately, people want clarity and authenticity from leaders, not platitudes. It will come back to you tenfold. There's a little more to this. We're out of time. Um, but way to go, Brian Armstrong. And take heart, my friends. You have way more allies than you suspect. If you miss an hour, uh, you can listen to the podcast. Just go to armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com, and uh, listen to it at your leisure, in the bathtub, jogging, driving. Armstrong and Getty.